What are the pros and cons of the Jazz potentially landing Tyler Hero? And what player, as the Jazz are currently constructed, holds the keys to a successful season? Find out next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked on Jazz. Leaf Tulane here with you. Honored and excited to be filling in for David Locke for today and tomorrow's episode. And you know me by now, but I'm a Locked on NBA Big Board credentialed analyst, attendee of the 2023 Combine, lifelong jazz fan, broadcast assistant, statistician for the Utah Jazz, and someone that loves geeky numbers himself, but also is a lifelong fan of basketball and hopefully can make this enjoyable as a listen for the Utah Jazz, because I want just what you want, the Jazz to be awesome. Thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Jazz is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, which we're trying to grow. So to help us grow, the best way to do so is comment anything below. And today's question is a pretty good one. Do you like the idea of going after Tyler Hero? Why or why not? I'll read, I'll read your responses, and maybe if there's some that merit enough uh, thought, I'll, I'll respond to those. Thank you to today's sponsor, Jace Medical. Um, it, the show is brought to you by Jace Medical today. And get your Jace case today. I got mine. It comes in like a lime green fanny pack, and it's stored with a bunch of medicines you you really want to have, and you never want to be caught unprepared. Jace Medical help you be prepared. All right, in the first segment, I'll discuss the rumors about the Jazz being interested in heat guard Tyler Hero and why it's intriguing because it may mean more more is to come than more than just the jazz like the jazz are going to be an integral factor should they land tyler hero obviously but i don't think it'll be a straight trade and therefore there's going to be ramifications league-wide we'll talk about that in the first segment in the second segment i'll further discuss the hero trade talk with pros and cons from the jazz perspective acquiring tyler hero and in the final segment i'll reveal my x factor for the jazz who i think a good season from him could elevate the jazz's stock enormously this season so let's dive right in first things first who is Tyler Hero? I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know who he is. He'll be a fifth-year guard this season who, in two of his first four seasons, has averaged over 20 points a game on winning teams. The Miami Heat, in two of those four seasons, made the NBA Finals. They haven't won one. Uh, the one thing, I know someone's going to be a smart aleck about this. Yes, he didn't play other than one game of the playoffs this past year. I'm very well aware of that. That doesn't mean the team wasn't a winning team and didn't have aspirations to win. So he is an excellent shooter with a penchant for hitting big shots. And he's a mediocre defender at best, but he's someone that has the capacity to light it up offensively, potentially be someone that can be a go-to score, compliment around Lowry marketing. Lowry would be the better player, but now you'd have someone to take a humongous load uh, and offensive pressure off of Lowry in Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is also an expensive player, $30 million per year. But if you were to look at the contracts today, it's not the worst. It, it, there's worse out there. Uh, I would say he's expensive. But the, given the market, I don't think that's preposterous by any means. Hero is also likely the most likely piece to be traded in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. But because of what the Blazers have, they may not want Tyler Hero because they have a plethora of guards. They've got Scoot Henderson. They've got Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp. All these guys are gonna they're gonna earn reps for the Blazers, and I think they've they're prioritizing their internal growth of those guys over having someone like Tyler Hero be the the guy that pays off the dividends for them. So with the Blazers are covered, probably draft picks because they're in a rebuilding stage should they trade Damian Lillard. Also, the Heat would not give up Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo because 
doing so would be counterintuitive considering getting Damian Lillard is what they think can push him over the top and compete for a championship. And they need both Jimmy and Bam there. So the Jazz are a peripheral facilitator of this trade, not just a one-to-one Jazz go for hero. That That's the case. The interesting thing is that the Jazz probably would get Tyler Hero at a bargain price because the Blazers are throwing someone with a massive contract, $60 million nearly, in Damian Lillard. And, you know, there's no way you can match contracts. So Dame, the Jazz would take on Tyler Hero, but the Jazz would probably just throw expiring contracts in. So you deduct whatever the expirings are and whoever the players are. You have Tyler Hero, and you probably throw in a pick. That's probably what it is. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, I'm just basically, basically breaking down the guidelines of and the frameworks that I think are feasible for this trade. So what could the move be? Trading Hero for a bigger star themselves? Could the Jazz be angling to get a big fish after having Tyler Hero and using him as bait? I don't know. Could the Jazz like Tyler Hero a lot and say, you know what, if that guy's on the market, we might as well take a 20-game score as 23 years old and has proven he can do it uh, in the regular season and in the postseason. You know, I, I don't mind that type of thinking at all. I can talk myself into that for sure. So the most likely case, in my opinion, is Dame is the big domino, and Hero needs a landing spot for money to work out. And what I mean by that is, no matter who the Heat are going to give up, it's likely going to be a young players. So those young players are on rookie deals. Think of Nikola Jovic, the, their last year's 27th pick, who's gotten very high praise. Think of Jaime Hawkes, this year's 18th pick. Think of a guy like Caleb Martin, who's proven himself to be a valuable commodity um, and not particularly expensive. Uh, you think of those type of guys, but what what does that leave? They need, that leaves a lot of money to be available. So now you need to have a couple other teams to facilitate it, and the Jazz could send expiring contracts to make money work, take on Tyler Hero, who's the main commodity that needs to be traded, but also the, the Blazers don't want him there because it stunts the growth but also makes them a better team immediately. And if they trade Damian Lillard, they have no intention of being good. So the Jazz would likely be a third team, maybe even a fourth team, and maybe he's a guy the Jazz covet. You don't know. Danny Ainge plays his cards pretty close to his chest, and and this would not surprise me as someone that he could covet because he can score. He's an accomplished player, and the Jazz want players who can score the ball and shoot the ball and have positional size. Uh, He doesn't have great positional size if he plays the two, but maybe the Jazz will go to more positionless basketball and he gets a fair share of the ball at the one should he be on the Utah Jazz. Who knows? So here's a tweet of uh, from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports that cites Utah as peripheral facilitator for the Damian Lillard trade. That's why I use that phrasing, and uh, I'll, I'll read this out to you. So it says, a quote, Keep an eye on Utah playing a potential role in a three- or four-team outcome of these Damian Lillard conversations. If Portland ultimately does business with Miami, the Jazz, as well as the Bulls, Hornets, and Nets, are considered a team in- interested in landing Tyler Hero from the Heat, sources said. And there are plenty of executives who'd rather take Miami's best package if the Heat are will, so willing. That could include Hero, Nikola Jovic, to go with Hawkes and Caleb Martin, and potentially more. So it's basically what I outlined for you guys, but there's a, an official source for this. And then a, a popular basketball site tweeted this. As noted off the floor, and that's the that's the podcast name, or um, it says last night, the Utah Jazz have a strong interest with Tyler Hero and will be willing to deal a pick and a player. And then it says in parentheses, though not Olenek at this time in a transaction. So what that means to me is that the player would be a currently rostered Utah Jazz player with money similar to Kelly Olenek if it's interesting that he's been singled out as someone they don't want to trade 
because I think he'll be a hot, highly com- uh, a hot commodity at the trade deadline. So maybe they want him on the team. So later on, should the Jazz be good, Kelly Olynyk is likely a factor. Should the Jazz, you know, be uh, people who sell at the deadline, maybe Kelly Olynyk is going to be one of the guys they want to sell, considering he'll draw value as a big man who can shoot and pass and be a uh, a hub is a word that JJ Redick used on his podcast recently about big, big players that can facilitate and how they're rare and really important. So he is a piece that a lot of good teams would definitely covet. And so I think maybe that's the interest of why the Jazz would maybe hold on to him and wait for his stock to elevate. And maybe it's just because they think if Tyler Heroes with Kelly Olinick like they were teammates on the Heat, maybe it's a really good thing. So could the Jazz? get hero and use him as the asset they believe that can turn the tables of this franchise, or could maybe they use hero to acquire that player that will be the franchise player. I don't know who that would be, but I think that's more likely than him than buying him as, as one of the franchise's key pieces. So what would the deal be? In my opinion, this would have the jazz be a tertiary team that helps facilitate Damian Lillard trade. And I don't think there's much of a rationale for this to be a straight up trade. Like that, that's a weird speculation to me. I've seen a little bit of rumors about that on Twitter and maybe it's wishful thinking, but what would, why would the jazz and, and heat engage in that discussion? Like the jazz would don't have the, the clientele that the heat would be looking for in that case. And the reason the heat would make a trade is to get Damian Lillard. So hero is a guard who can score, but is hardly a defender. And I think the interesting, most interesting part of this for me, is if the Jazz acquire Tyler Hero, and let's just say the Jazz trade two two players and a pick, and and this doesn't change my point. Like it doesn't matter if Sexton's gone. It doesn't matter if Clarkson is. Um, I'd be very curious to see how they use Tyler Hero because the Jazz are trying to get bigger. They're trying to play where every player is above their average position, size, and length. Tyler Hero's got a negative wingspan. He's only 6'5". 6'5 with a 6'3 wingspan is not bad for a point guard, but if he's playing the two, that's a significant uh, downsizing, whereas Ochag Baji is about 6'5 with a 6'11 wingspan. Uh, that The same could be said if Colin Sexton plays the point. It hinders the Jazz's size a little bit, and that's why I think, and I've said this to you guys a couple times, that I think it's very likely he's and one of Kelly Olenek or Walker Kessler. And, and I think, and obviously Kessler will start. I'm just saying that this is a, a thing I, I think is likely to, to occur. Um, so if the Jazz have Hero and maybe Clarkson's still there, is it Hero and Clarkson? Is it one of the two? And you just have Hero and then Ochai at the two, and then you're big. That's the big thing. So I think this could be a pro and a con of the trade, and that's a bit of foreshadowing for the pros and cons side. That's coming around the corner. But first, let me tell you about Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get yourself a Jace case, which I already have, is to fill out an online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians at Jace Medical. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related issues, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. That means that there's a lot of science put into this and people who know what they're doing have gone through med school that are prescribing the the medicine, medicine, the people that are creating the medicine, and they are able to tell you what you need. They won't just prescribe it willy-nilly. They're going to say, this is what you need, and we'll prescribe this for you. That's really important. I already got my Jace case, and if I'm sick, I, I now I have medications that could be really helpful, and I'm prepared for any of those 
possibilities. And I recommend you guys do the same thing because Jay's case supplies you medications to take care of yourself without needing to go into a doctor. If you're busy or if you're sick and you really don't think it's a good idea, you can have those same medicines that are prescribed to you by doctors, buy a doctor online and get your medicine delivered to you. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out the form, you get your prescription, life-saving med medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you a peace of mind so that you are not hoping in vain that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand and present. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDONMBA or LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Welcome back to Locked on Jazz. Let's talk about the pros and cons of having Tyler Hero on the Utah Jazz, if it should happen. The pros. He's a talented, established player that is under contract, and he would be for quite a while. You're likely getting Hero for a lesser talent departing. Like, you're not trading like for like. Hero is a throw-in to make money work from the heat because they can't get all the good stuff and not have to give up anything the jazz would send two expiring contracts and a first round pick is kind of what the idea would be. So I, I can imagine that even though $30 million I'll list as a con in a couple of minutes, $30 million per year for an established player. That's 23 years old scored 20 in two of his four regular seasons already. And now you're extending expirings. Like we talked about John Collins being 25 million, but Rudy Gay going off the books for six in that trade. That's 19 million effectively, in my opinion. So I, I think that the contract's better, so that's good. You have an established talent under contract. You can trade him using that. You can have this really good basketball player and not be a trade, trade bait. He can be on the Utah Jazz and an integral part of the Utah Jazz for years to come because of that, and he's only 23 years old. Uh, Hero is young, like I just said. He's 23 years old. He's got experience and a dearth of it uh, coming in the playoffs. Like a lot of young players that are talented are on bad teams. That's the reason they're allowed to shine. He's shined on, on an impressive team throughout the years. The Miami heat have been good and he's been able to shine resplendently in a almost starring role at times for the Miami heat. And he's been a go-to scorer at times. Yes. Jimmy Butler's better. Yes. Bam Adebayo, despite scoring less is a better player. That is no knock on Tyler Hero. Those are very good basketball players in, in the upper echelon of the NBA. And hero is someone that I think is a top 40 player in the NBA, probably. You may not build your franchise around him, but in terms of what he has been, it's hard to argue with his production. So now let's talk about the Jazz a little bit more. W would he be a trade piece in the future things? I don't think the Jazz see him as a franchise-altering talent. I don't think they give him the keys. I don't even think they probably see him as the co-star to Lowry Markin. I think the Jazz really have hope that Keontae George can be awesome. If Keontae George turns into like the same different type of player, but same production level of Tyler Hero, the Jazz would be ecstatic. So that's the type of caliber of player we have. Whereas Jazz fans know that Keontae George is likely who they hope to be the guard of the future. If they add that to their roster and accelerate, jumpstart what the what the process is right now, wow, Lowry Markin is under the same contract. While John Collins is under the same contract, while Walker Kessler is still on his rookie contract, there's, there's, that's not a shabby idea. Like I know it's not necessarily exactly what you expect, and I don't expect it either. But at least there's alternate pathways to success. There's not just one hope in the dark that the Jazz are praying hits. All right, so 
let's let's talk about some some interesting what I would call cons. I don't think they're necessarily bad, but I mentioned one of them. Tyler Hero is a bit in between positions. He's a true shooting guard, if you ask me, but the way the Jazz play, the Jazz are trying to become bigger. They don't want Jordan Clarkson to be their typical two guard. They they may want him to be the one. They want Ochak Baji, who's a bigger two guard, to play the two. They want to have John Collins and Lowry Markin as their threes and fours. Walker Kessler is a behemoth on the interior. Uh, Hero, to me, is a two guard who comes off curls, scores well, uh, is, is someone you a little bit cover and, and hide defensively because of his scoring acumen, but it doesn't necessarily fit with what the Jazz are building. That That's slightly a concern. It's not, it's not horrible. The next one is the contract. I told you I'd mention it here. Nobody comes without their baggage, right? Hero is... He's, he's on been inked to a four-year, $120 million contract that kicks in this upcoming season. So that's a lot of controllable contract, but $30 million is steep. It is. Um, it's not horrible, but it is a lot of money. And I think the Jazz could swallow that, but it may be a little bit frustrating to see that and be like, well, we're paying this guy $30 million and we don't see him as the franchise-altering talent, with considering we have a lot of draft picks and all this stuff coming up. Maybe that's why people see him as the trade bait. I don't know. You can spin that either way. But that that is worth mentioning as a con. The The other con is he's poor defensively. Like, he, he was compensated for by an excellent Miami Heat defense scheme, tough, gritty team. But he knows how to compete. He'll battle. Um, offensively, he is light years ahead of where he is defensively. But I don't think that's too much of a con. The one part that I think would be interesting is depends who the Jazz traded to get him. Like, should Colin Sexton be part of that deal? It lessens the redundancy. But the Jazz would be redundant. Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, and Keontae George all share similar qualities to Tyler Hero. They're all score-first guards who like the ball in their hands to a degree. They score a little differently. I think Hero is the best shooter of the bunch. And Keontae George, in time, will be a, more of a point guard than any of the above. Colin Sexton is the fastest. Jordan Clarkson's got the most guile, but they all are scoring oriented guards who are better on offense than defense and better at scoring than passing at this point in their stage. We, we can see Keontae George a little bit of an unknown commodity, but I would, I would feel pretty fairly confident in that evaluation. All right. Last, last one. I mentioned it a little bit. I just want to talk about it this way. Tyler Hero's wingspan is negative. He's 6'5", which is not enormous, and he's got a 6'3 wingspan. The Jazz, I mentioned Agbaje, 6'11 wingspan. You look at some of these ties. Bryce Sensabaugh is a big-bodied guard. I know he's lower in the rotation. Taylor Hendricks, there was a concerted effort to get bigger at their positions. Kelly Olynyk basically plays the four when he's in. Walker Kessler's as true of a five as there are fives, and he's a stupendous athlete. The Jazz become more athletic and bigger at every position, and that would be a step in the negative direction unless he was playing mostly at the point guard spot or a.k.a. accompanied by an Agbaji, as opposed to a guy like Sexton, who would be playing the traditional one and hero the traditional two. So size could be a slight, slight disadvantage. But the bottom line is essentially this. Should the Jazz get Tyler Hero, I think the Jazz are in a splendid position because they add a guy who can score 20 points a game, they add someone that has trade value and real trade value. They add someone with a contract that's controllable. So they have this guy under contract for four years. 
They have him under contract in team control that they can trade, that they can make one of their stars of their franchise, the pillars of the organization in the time coming. It doesn't matter how long, but the Jazz have a productive player that warrants the discussion of, well, this is a commodity. Maybe we trade him because he would warrant what we're really trying to build up to. Or the Jazz have Tyler Hero, John Collins, Lowry Markkinen, Walker Keschler, and a dearth of other players that are looking to carve out their NBA career. And that's a team that could compete because they've got enough firepower offensively. It would just be to what degree do they truly believe in Tyler Hero in that case and how much they're willing to pour into him down the road. That's a good problem to have, if you ask me. I, I think the Jazz are in a good situation. And the more I think about this, the more I would, I'd like to get on in on the action in terms of being a peripheral facilitator, to quote Jake Fisher, of of Yahoo Sports, because if the Jazz can get a player of Tyler Hero's caliber for pennies on the dollar, and I know he's $30 million, but the point is you're not giving up as much as you would to get the player of $30 million caliber as you typically would. You'd be giving up the lesser of your three 2025 picks and expiring contracts to get Tyler Hero and his controlled team-friendly or relatively team-friendly contract. So that's that. Let's uh, let's talk about the X Factor I've got. I've mentioned his name, but I've mentioned a lot of Utah Jazz names. But I am curious to see if you guys know who it is, and I'll reveal who it is without further ado that I think could change the Jazz's complexion of the season if he has a very good season. But first, a word from Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is one of the largest lending companies that is independent in the country. It's extremely responsive. They embrace change. They make the borrower's experience wonderful, and it's immersive. They, they do a lot for you. They listen. They negotiate. They're ready to help you out. They're a direct issuer, and it's in 44 states, not just Utah. You typically associate like, oh, they must be small because we talk about them so highly. Well, no, they're huge, but of course they're talked about so highly because they're great here in Utah and they're great everywhere else as well. Service your own loan, build a long-term relationship that's better for the consumer and better for the company. And we've talked about this numerous times, but Steve Carter's our own personal locked-on jazz personal loan officer. Call him at 385-800-8528 and make sure to tell him you're part of the Locked On Jazz listening crew and get yourself a corporate discount. And then Intercap Lending is awesome. They've got a building down in Midvale and you can stop in there and you can also call Steve Carter for all your questions and interest. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. And for more information, visit intercaplending.com. Alrighty, welcome back into Locked On Jazz. Thanks for making it your first listen. And with your second, tune into Locked On NBA. Get your tune up for what's happening around the NBA, who's playing where, what teams have these expectations. Maybe the Damian Lillard saga is going to carry on and be talked on there. You never know what's going to happen in the wide world of the NBA, but the guys on Locked NBA do a phenomenal job and get you covered for that. So without further ado, John Collins is the Jazz's X Factor. I think if he excels, it pushes the Jazz to be a far better team than if not, and that's nothing revelatory. But I think if he excels, it pushes the Jazz to be far better than if any other player excels beyond their expectations. And I'm not saying, oh, like if Lowry Markkinen excels, the Jazz would have a lesser leap. No, it's I think he's got higher expectations, whereas John Collins is a bit of a wild card this year. I, I've mentioned this before, and I'll do so again. So every day is bear with me. These are stats you've heard but I think they're incredibly important to recognize. John Collins at one point in the NBA was 22 points and 10 rebounds and was essentially playing the five. Uh, a while back when the Jazz got John Collins, David Locke mentioned he's 
not going to be playing the five, but effectively he played the five on defense and the, so he, he's a five on offense. He's a role guy next to Trey young and a four on defense because he's not the true shot blocker. And he was paired with Clint Capella and now he'd be paired with Lowry Markin. And so the question is how well does he fit next to Walker Kessler? who would be the true five on the Jazz's offense. There will be times where he plays alongside Kelly Olenek, and I think he plays the five and Olenek's more of the four. So I don't think that's necessarily out of the realm of possibility where they use his athleticism as a role man and a dunker spot big. But I do have more optimism for the Jazz about how they play John Collins than I think he was employed in Atlanta. John Collins' main appeal is tremendous athleticism. We've seen a few guys who have had that be their main appeal, elevate teams from very good with a lot of talent with superstar players, to championship level teams. I've mentioned this numerous times, Aaron Gordon, Andrew Wiggins, the last two championship teams, the nuggets of this past year and two years ago's golden state warriors had talent. They had stars, but what they needed was players to build and become more comfortable in their role. And guys like Aaron Gordon, Andrew Wiggins have spectacular athleticism that I don't think is unbeknownst to John Collins, someone who could take his athleticism, make himself a different player. Not many players can mold themselves if they've already been a 22 and 10 guy. Andrew Wiggins was the go-to scorer for his entire career, became a tertiary option, maybe even the fourth most important player on a team. But in the NBA final series, he probably was the second most important player behind Stephen Curry and Aaron Gordon. Everyone's talking about how can we get ourselves an Aaron Gordon? It's because you get a tremendous athlete who can rebound, who can defend in space, who will be unselfish, take shots when they're given to them, cut away from the ball and make a difference. I think John Collins has the capacity to do so. I've said this before. I think John Collins in a vacuum before last season, the way they're regarded as players was, was far more highly regarded than Aaron Gordon. I don't see why he couldn't do exactly what Gordon did for the Utah jazz. He just won't have Nikola Jokic feeding him. That said, I think Will Hardy can play to people's superpowers as he talks about all the time. Will Hardy says, you know, I I know what these players strengths are and I'm going to play to them. And I think John Collins, was so, altered in terms of the way he was played he was relegated to a lesser option on a heliocentric team that revolved around trey young then they fed deandre hunter then they fed bogdanovich and they've had so many players and of course Dejounte murray this past year and i think he was playing in a tough spot playing alongside capella who's a true role man as well taking away some of his best appeal and then he wasn't getting the ball as much. There was trade rumors constantly flying. I think John Collins is going to have a headspace. He's going to be clear. Greener pastures have been found. I think the Jazz will play to his strengths, let him attack in space, be a role man, be someone who shoots the ball from three, play freely. And defensively, I think you can expect John Collins to be very good. John Collins, for instance, is not a bad shooter. People have this misconception that he's a horrible shooter. And last year he did struggle. But in 2021 and 2022, John Collins had 16 and 8 per year, which I think is more on, in line with what he's going to be this year than the 22 and 10 of his third season. He was 36 for th- 36% from 3 in that that season and he was 41% on unguarded catch and shoot threes, 55% on dribble jump shots, which was 91st percentile, and he was 69% from the rim, which was regarded as excellent. And that that's probably 90th percentile. John Collins, shooting was also significantly marred that season by breaking his right ring finger and shooting just 12% from three in March, which means his injury happened in February and his numbers in January, or sorry, his number, it happened in January and January and February marred, but March was the one where it truly plummeted tracking back through the injury reports. 
it, it does say it was January. And now why is this good to know? Why am I spouting off about something that happened two years ago? Well, it's because this rendition of the Hawks was the one that they, they had after they made the Eastern Conference Finals. That meant that they had the intention of winning, but players who were there had to sacrifice this team had more egos. They had more aspiration. I think this is the way the jazz will try to play him. They'll try to have a winning atmosphere built around team success. This year, the Hawks regressed because I think they became more heliocentric and Trey young obviously is who the ball revolves around. He, he deserves to be the one there, but I think it took away from John Collins's opportunities to uh, build confidence within his own isolation play or have plays scripted for him because this team had more mouths to feed, more money being dealt to different places. DeAndre Hunter got a big contract, and I think it made John Collins less of a priority for the Atlanta Hawks. John Collins has that impact as a vertical athlete above the rim, can be a vertical spacer. He can be someone that I think can space the floor moderately well. I think defensively he adds an element the Jazz haven't had in the recent years of a secondary rim protector. The Jazz had size last year, but he's a far better athlete than even Jared Vanderbilt who I would say was more of a perimeter disruptor than he was a secondary rim protector. Now put Lowry Markkinen and John Collins, tremendous three and four athletes and Walker Kessler, who's an eraser at the rim. That's pretty awesome to me. I also think he can play, like I mentioned, the five in the second unit and play alongside Olenek likely, and maybe some Taylor Hendricks and the jazz won't suffer that much defensively. And that's the hope. I think Kessler is so spectacular. They will suffer, but I don't think it'll be like an absolute plummeting of the defensive efficiency numbers. Lastly, Collins, to me, provides lineup versatility if he's playing well. If he's shooting well, especially, the Jazz now have players who can switch all over the court, players that can impact the game playing matchup zones. They can impact the game offensively, Be have advantageous uh, mismatches where they can exploit smaller defenders guarding because John Collins can bury someone in the post, but he can also space out far enough that teams can't cheat and defend the drives of the Jordan Clarksons, the uh, Colin Sexton's, the maybe Tyler Heroes, and of course Lowry Marketing. And I think the space provided for all these players by John Collins is potentially shooting better. And the athleticism that warrants someone to be so eager and attentive to who's who and where John Collins is something that the Jazz will benefit from. I also think the Jazz could push the ball more in transition this year because they're filled with splendid athletes. So that's that's why I think he's the X Factor. If he plays well, I think he elevates the Jazz's ceiling. A lot. I'd expect him to score about 16 points, maybe seven or eight rebounds. And I expect him to alternate minutes playing with the starters and splitting some time with Olinick in the backups, maybe play along Omar Yurt seven as well. And, and I also think that his athleticism and his size, it, it makes it harder to commit a bigger player to Lowry Marketing, which I think Lowry Marketing can shoot over anyone in the world. But I think it's a lot easier now if you have a 6-6 wing guarding Lowry Markkinen because you can't put someone smaller than John Collins on John Collins or the Jazz will really exploit that by going down low to him and use his tremendous athleticism to their advantage. I think he's going to make life a lot easier for Lowry Markkinen offensively and defensively where he can guard some of those big body guys. So Markkinen exerts less effort as well and Markkinen can use some of his agile, um, just swift movement he's really worked hard on the last three years. So that, that's my pitch on why John Collins, to me, is the X-Factor for the Utah Jazz. Let me know what you think about that in the comments below as well. Tell me who you think could elevate the Jazz the most should they have in a season that's beyond their expectations. And yeah, thank you for listening as always. It's been a pleasure talking to you on Locked on Jazz. 
And with your next listen, tune into Locked on NBA. Listen to the crew break down the latest in the NBA. The National Basketball Association is not far away. Preseason just around the corner. The Jazz playing some of it in Hawaii. And there's plenty to look forward to. One more episode with me coming up next. And I will talk to you about some interesting ideas and see I'm mulling over a few and then you're back with David Locke. Who's going to take you, take you guys into his good hands and talk about the jazz as they prepare for the preseason. Thank you for listening. And as always go jazz.